everyone, and welcome to the Tidewad Tech, episode 67, If I Were King of the Internet, recorded October 3rd, 2011. This week, this Sunday, we recorded these on Mondays yesterday, last night, was the famous Andy Rooney's last day uh, on 60 Minutes. Now, if you're not from uh, the U.S. or are or, or, or 12 years old and you don't know what I'm talking about, this man was a legend. He's 92 years old, and I think he'd been on 60 Minutes since he was two. He'd been on there for a long time. <laughs> and as best I can tell, Andy Rooney only had one job in life, and that was to complain about things. So every week he'd come on for his couple of minutes on 60 Minutes and whine about something. So in honor of Andy Rooney... The Taiwan Tech Show tonight is going to be about whining about things. We're just going to complain about stuff and offer no salient excuses or, or good ideas or <laughs> remedies for them at all. We're just going to whine and moan. So, I love it. Yeah, like, have you ever walked into a uh, a garage to get your car walked on or worked on and the guy's hands are all greasy? I hate that. Right. That's Andy Rooney. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> So that's right. what we're going to do tonight. Uh, but first off, a bit of business. Uh, Sean has a casting call uh, that has been going out for a while and needs to continue to go out until you answer it, dang it. Yeah, you know, it's funny. Uh, we stopped doing these over the summer uh, basically because everybody, you know, is either working very hard if they're techs, you know, it's their busy season or they're not at work. So it just was a time that we kind of got away from it uh, and we need to get back to it. Uh, it's funny, earlier uh, before the summer, I never had a problem lining up listener spotlights and we generally do one a month. And I guess just because we got away from it, uh, not getting any hands up in the air. So certainly looking for uh, the next listener spotlight. Again, we like to do one a month. So uh, it's time to start that up again. If you're out there and uh, you are out there doing something creative and in a tight wad manner, we'd like to hear from you. We'd like to have you on the show and share your knowledge with all of the listeners. So uh, you can contact me. You can send an email directly to me, Sean at elementop.com uh, and I'll get you scheduled or there's a forum topic on the website at elementop.com uh, you can uh, reply to that forum topic and I will contact you and we'll uh, we'll get you lined up all right and speaking of the website at elementop.com we have a new thing hopefully by the time this goes to air actually we'll have a new thing it's not ready yet I have a new store with a new company uh, we had a store set up before with uh, uh, cafe press um, and we sold two shirts, two shirts that I bought. So uh, that was the, <laughs> the entirety of our success at that store. Uh, but we, I'm trying a new store. It's called Zazzle.com. I just like their product offering a little better. Uh, so I guess what I'm telling you is go click on the dang store and buy some stuff, would you? Uh, yeah. <laughs> we don't we don't make much money any really uh, uh, on this stuff. But the idea is to have you out there being our billboards, walking around and advertising. But the stuff we had before was all tightwad tech stuff, which, of course, is this show. But now we're trying to do some more generic uh, element OP stuff. So new show, new store, check it out. Hopefully it'll be up by the time this goes. I've, I've created all the product, and they say it'll be 24 hours before it's live. So there we go there. All right. Sean, new yes. and exciting news in your life. 
Yes, and I'm not going to do an entire show on this. <laughs> you should. We should do a whole. That, in fact, that, let's scrap the show and let's do a show on this one topic right now. Yes. Well, I got a new phone, uh, and uh, I was really I needed to because the phone that I've been using for the last oh, three years or so is uh, the phone that my school district has provided me. And uh, when I started there, I had uh, I had my own phone, and actually for I don't know several months, I actually carried both around, and then realized how ridiculous that was. Oh wait, wait, wait. you got to tell them what that phone was. That was a Trio six hundred and fifty Palm Trio six hundred and fifty with a stylus. Yes, yes, and I, you know what, great phone. I mean, it was it was an awesome phone, way ahead of its time. I mean, I had wait, that phone wait, wait, for several wait. years. Steve Jobs invented the smartphone. How did you have a smartphone? Before the iPhone, I don't understand. Right, it, it, that's the funny thing. And when I hear people talk about how Apple invented the App Store too, I I laugh because there was a Trio uh, App Store long before there was even an iPhone, uh, and it was it had tons of apps and it was great, you know. And uh, I I loved it. So yeah, that phone was so far ahead of its time, and I really think that that was the that was the phone that ushered in what we think of as a smartphone nowadays. Well, that and the so, BlackBerry. Uh, they, they pretty much had parody there for a while. Well, yeah, but see, BlackBerry didn't really, uh, still as far as on the app front, uh, it, it didn't touch the trio. Uh, BlackBerry was a better communication device, certainly, but. Uh, so you went out and bought a new, uh, iPhone, right? <laughs> come on now you know better than that i mean like the clouds would have come over and you know the end of the world would have begun <laughs> so and if anybody out there you know when the end of the world begins and you're like ah the, the world's coming to an end you'll know it's because i bought some sort of apple device <laughs> so but no, that did not happen. Um, I was actually very fortunate to get the phone that I've been salivating over for several months now, ever since it came out, the uh, Motorola Atrix. Uh, it's an Android phone, and uh, this is the one, if you're not familiar with it, or maybe you're just you know, sort of familiar with it, it's the one that has its own little laptop dock, and uh, it's got an entertainment dock, and all these different cool little accessories that you can get with it, a dual-core processor. Uh, so very sweet as far as uh, just how powerful it is. Um, uh, that's that's about all I can say about it right now. I mean, I literally it hit my hands today, so uh, don't have. I'm just kind of getting back into it. Uh, as far as transitioning from any other Android device, it's a piece of cake. I mean, that's part of the beauty of having an Android device. It's got the Motorola Blur interface on it, right? That's right, and they try to get you to basically use that as your kind of central sync and recovery service. So they want you to, you know, back up all your apps and all everything through the Motorola blur service. Um, yeah, well, but, what you had been using was just a pure Android experience. So this is the first time you've had a branded Android experience. Right. Right. And yeah. So then the question is whether to root it or not. Right. <laughs> Rahman, that's uh, but, right. I don't really see a reason to, quite honestly. Um, I don't uh, now. My service is through AT and T, and I don't get charged extra for tethering. Yes, you do. That's a, well, well, I, that's included in the plan I have. I guess I should say. Oh, you bought the tether plan? Right, right. Okay, but on uh, my AT and T, when I try to tether, they cut off my data. So as soon as the tethering thing comes on, the day the three G data goes away, they cut it off. 
Okay. Okay. Oh happens, yeah. You that happens. You only have three G, huh? Yeah, only three G. <laughs> yeah. That happens at the telco. It's not a phone thing, so I had to root it to be able to tether. Yeah. Well, I, that I've got the tethering, and the uh, they have an application on there that's got that built in. So um, overall, so far, I'm real happy with it. Uh, the speed, the four G speed. Uh, I'm certainly actually seeing an improvement there in in speed. So. Um, I haven't done any speed tests or anything like that, but I certainly can tell the difference. Well, now that you're working in the big city, you have access to 4G. We uh, we country right. bumpkins are lucky <laughs> if we get 3G. Most of the time, it's edge. Yeah. So, yeah. And I know it sounds like maybe I'm drifting away from my tightwad roots. You know, I've got this latest, greatest Motorola Atrix, but I did only, I got it for 99 bucks. So... Now I didn't have I didn't have service with AT and T prior, so that was the you know sign up for a two year contract deal. But uh, I you know can't beat it. I mean, what was it like three months ago? That was uh, and it might still be you know six seven hundred dollar phone. So right. so uh, yeah, still tight water approved. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so it, you know I wasn't the only one to get a new phone. And I have mentioned this uh, a few shows back, you know, Gracie's birthday was coming up and uh, I had to, you know, I really wanted to get her a iPod touch like device, but not an iPod touch. <laughs> you remember, remember that? Yeah, Mark? That's right. And we pleaded with listeners to send you an old iPod. So that right. you well, buy one. Yeah, well, uh, Gracie's birthday was this this past Saturday, and uh, uh, gave her basically I gave her the phone that I had, which actually was originally your phone, right. <laughs> uh, but it was the uh, the Nexus one. And uh, what's really neat? Okay, I took it back to the factory default settings, removed the SIM card. She is, after all, only five now, um, so I'm not giving her a phone. Uh, removed the SIM card and uh, just commenced to uh, it's funny my daughter now has a gmail account there you go <laughs> now she doesn't know that but uh, of course to get all the google goodness and really get you know the whole android thing working properly uh, i had to uh, you know give it an email address of course i could have given it one of mine i guess but um, figured might as well i mean it's not going to hurt anything <clears throat> had to uh uh Tell an untruth about her, her birthday. <laughs> to, to certify that she was thirteen, right? Right. So, uh, so got all that set up. Got her phone set up. Uh, it loaded just a bunch of uh, you know kids games, and it's really neat if you if you search the Android Marketplace for educational apps. And I know uh, that the Apple uh, App Store. Uh, that's what they talk about, you know, especially in education. How many educational apps there are out there. And I'm sure that they actually have the Android marketplace beat right now, but I was shocked. I mean, I was able to just by searching educational apps, I, I found like 20 different apps that were really neat and age appropriate for her. So uh, I was really happy with it. So it's, it's a play and learning device for her. Uh, just a word of warning to you and anybody else who might have ever done this. If you give your child your old phone, even if you pull the SIM card out, you can still call 911. Yes. So yes. You, you, that I don't. That's either good or bad, right? She could be playing <laughs> with something and dial nine one one. So you just right. need to know that that capacity is still there. Yeah, and that's something you have to cover with them. I, you know, she's right on the edge of being able to understand that, but she's a good kid. 
Uh, and I think that, you know, that plays heavily into that decision <laughs> because some kids, you could tell them, don't press this, you know, it's going to call the police. And that's the first thing they're going to run off and do. Yeah. I have three of those kids. <laughs> I have one, but he's only one year old right now. <laughs> so when he's five, he doesn't get, he doesn't get that. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I'd be surprised if I'll be able to trust him at 13. <laughs> And, and keeping in mind, he's only one now, but he's already, he's much more mischievous than Gracie ever was. Okay, well, let's move on into the uh, topic of our show. So, um, what do you got to complain about, Sean? <laughs> uh, the first thing that, that I put up there, because it's it's something that we deal with a lot uh, in the uh, podcasting business, so to speak, is that it's freaking 2011, right? And you can't right. send a file to anybody. What's up with that? All I want to do is send a file. But if that file is over 20 megs, no, can't do it. You can't email it. You can't FTP it. You can't, you know, what, are you, what are you going to do? You got to set up a, an FTP server somewhere or, or, uh, or you go to one of those like sendlargefiles.com, whatever, right. and sift through a bunch of spam to get to it. And then if you don't pay for the enhanced service, it's super, super slow. Um, it's just ridiculous. Well, I, I did want to throw in there, though. I think it's uh, send large files ASAP or whatever the one I've been using here recently. I've been really happy with that. I mean, it's uh, they're being very good about you know not really spamming you. It's it, You don't have to sign up to send a file. You just, but I think well, the limit is 100 megs on that, which is a, um, it's a big file. Might be. But uh, you can pay for more. But like when we're doing with like raw uh, audio audacity files, they're two gigs. Right. It's ridiculous. You can't. You have to set up your own torrent to be able to send somebody a file. <laughs> and you, you have to know how to do that too. So that, that keeps it away from the vast majority of the public. Yeah. So it's 2011. People figure out how to let somebody send a big file. Yeah. And you know what they're afraid of, though, Mark, is all these people that are out there, right? They got all these smartphones now with five and seven megapixel cameras and everything. <laughs> and and the these people have no idea uh, any they have no concept of file size, right? With those pictures, what how big those pictures are and things like that. And uh, uh, maybe that's it. I don't know. Maybe they're afraid that, you know, all these huge files are going to be eating up bandwidth, which probably would happen. But my point is, that's exactly why we should be able to do that. The average consumer now needs to send 100, 200, 300 meg files. It's time right. for the backbone to catch up with us. Yeah, I agree. I um, guess we're going to just have to Andy Rooney that because <laughs> I don't see a fix for it anywhere in our near future. And, and aside from that, upload speeds, internet providers... It, it's not the days of BBSs in the house anymore. People do actually need to send files. Why do I have freaking 15 megs down and one meg up? Yeah, that kills me. That does kill me. I mean, really? I guess, what? okay, so the idea is they don't want you running like your own web server right. out of your house, right? But, I mean, come on, really? What what does that apply to? Like one-tenth of one percent of the population? Like, and, and you couldn't identify that problem when it starts happening? You know, if, if Mark, you set up three web servers out of your house, I think they're going to be able to figure that out pretty quickly, and then they could throttle you. Well, but no, let's just throttle everybody. That brings me to, to another point I had. If the plan says unlimited, 
don't limit it. Right? I have unlimited bandwidth. That's the contract I signed. The piece of paper that they put in front of me said unlimited bandwidth. But if I go over a certain amount, they limit it. Hello? Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Unlimited up to. Right. <laughs> that should be illegal. That should just flat out be illegal. And, and like it's not unlimited if you put a limit on it. Right. And what they're limiting is is the mistake. See, uh, they're measuring the wrong thing. There are an infinite number of bits in the world. Limiting bits is dumb. So they say, "All right, you've sent the the number of bits you can handle." No, 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 no. That, that there there are bits everywhere. Bits are infinite. <laughs> Your issue is bandwidth. All right. Now I already paid for a slice of bandwidth. You made me pay a whole lot of money for a slice of bandwidth. So I should now be able to stream 10 megabits nonstop, 24-7, because I paid for a 10-meg slice of bandwidth. Right. But no, no, no. You're selling me a slice of bandwidth at a surcharge and then saying, but you can't use it. You can send 10 megs, well, for a while. Yeah, but, you know, if they really... We know how this works, right? I mean, if they really had to do that, then all they would do is, like, they would they would sell you only one, right? I mean, they'd sell you something really low because they know that at their peak that's all that they can handle and they probably couldn't even handle that i imagine right so they're overselling their bandwidth but they're limiting it limiting it by saying they're they've run out of bits that's right. like uh, a guest we had on on our one meal one workout uh, uh, episode put it perfectly he said it's like saying that at some point in your life you'll run out of the ability to say the word knapsack it's just <laughs> ridiculous you don't ever run out of knapsacks you can say knapsack <laughs> infinitely you can send bits infinitely. <laughs> yep, yep. Mark for uh, king of the internet. That's right. Elect me king of the internet. <laughs> Comcast will go down. <laughs> and and the next thing I had on the list is, is not about uh, ISPs at this point. It's about you people out there. People, enough with the infographics. Really, I've had enough infographics for a lifetime. It started, what, about a year ago or so? Suddenly there's an infographic for everything. Yeah, yeah. I, I This is one I'm going to have to disagree with you on. Not necessarily disagree with, it's just a matter of opinion, but I love infographics. I can't help myself. I'm like addicted to them, you know? I was looking uh, at know. one the other day on a blog post that if I printed it out, probably would have been a four foot by eight foot poster with with two point font. I mean, it was everything was right. sort of crammed in there. I had to magnify and zoom in, and then by the time I followed this one train of digital logic down, I had to jump back up to the top, and I forgot what I was even talking about, and I wanted to put a gun <laughs> to my head. Just so maybe my complaint is about badly done infographics. Maybe it's one of those there things that go. it's become so easy to do, like blogging. Right? It's become so easy now. Everybody thinks they're a writer. No, no, yeah. you're not a writer just because you can blog. <laughs> Yeah, I, I like the infographics. I just love looking at them. You know, if, if there's an infographic about, you know, the rate of toenail growth between all of the different countries in the world, <laughs> I think it's fascinating. <laughs> okay, tomorrow I am going to create an infographic about the rate of growth of infographics over the last 15 months. That would be great. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> So can you see I'm applying for Andy Rooney's job? I think I'd be good at it. I want to be. Yeah, I Andy think you Rooney. would. Yeah. What? Who is it? Um, 
Dvorak, John C. Dvorak calls himself the. Cranky oh Pete. yeah, yeah. I want to be. He's got to die soon. I want to be the new yeah. John C. Dvorak. But he he just complains. He doesn't complain with style. I mean, Andy Rooney <laughs> complained with style. That's true. Right? Yeah. Bad style. Style out of the forties. But hey, that's all right. It was still style, you know. So the next thing, anytime you want to jump in there, Sean, go right ahead. But uh, oh yeah, you know, I wouldn't want to let people know that you didn't spend one second working on the show notes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I did like. Two seconds before the show okay. started. <laughs> the next thing I have on my list is spam bots. And this is a personal one to me because I run the Element OP website. I run my school's website. I run a couple of other websites. And I don't know what happened, but like October 1st, 2011 became spam bot day. They're just attacking me like crazy. Actually, the performance on the Element OP server has taken a hit. Like it takes longer to serve up pages today than it did a couple of days ago because it's fending off spam bots. Really? Uh, just spam comments. But the thing is, most of the comments don't even have a link to anything or mention anything. It's just random broken stuff. How many, how many times, Sean, have you gotten an email that says cheap Viagra and there's no link in the, yeah, in the body? Right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Thank you for letting me know that there is cheap Viagra in the world. Um, yeah, I really want to know where where it is. <laughs> I mean, not only are you sending spam, but you're sending bad spam. I can't even. If I was a moron and wanted to buy from you, I couldn't. That's not even good customer service, people. Right. Well, I have a question for you, Mark. You said you referenced the first of the month. Is that something that's uh, normal? Like the first of every month, like they launch new campaigns or something? Uh, I, yes, I do see that kind of trend pretty commonly. And uh, it spikes up around uh, like Black Friday for uh, uh, for Friday after Thanksgiving. There's more spam that day, too. But for some reason, this particular first of October was more than I've seen in probably the last five years. It just hit all of my servers at once and mail everything. It's just going crazy. I've had more in my Gmail inbox in the last couple of days than I have in a long time. Wow. So I don't know. Okay. Of course, Gmail does a great job. You wouldn't know unless you went and clicked on your spam folder. But as somebody who actually uses mail for a living, I have to do that every now and then. Go back and make sure something didn't get there accidentally. And, uh, yeah, because sure enough, you get it, it, the way it happens to me. Because I'm sure you're diligent about that, right? You probably check it semi regularly. The only time I go to check it is when somebody says, "Did you get that email?" And I look and I can't find it. And then I go, "Oh yeah, I need to check my spam." And then there's like you know three or four other ones. You know, right. there will be hundreds in there of spam that Gmail has uh, captured. And uh, but there'll be you know three or four other ones. I'm like, "Oh yeah, that's where that email went." <laughs> I think I probably it, need to put something like a reminder on my calendar. You know, check spam every Monday morning or something. I think it was John Graham Cumming, uh, the inventor of of the my favorite spam sorting engine, Popfile said that a, a spam filter that filters good mail is like an acne cure that kills the patient. You know, it's, <laughs> it's the one thing you want email to do is get good email to your inbox. And a spam filter that gets rid of even one is unacceptable. Uh, yeah, that, that can be pretty hard, though. You know, it, it's impossible. Pe- well, yeah, because people don't realize, you know, if, if I send an email to you and say, hey, check out this pic. You know, and, and just leave it at that. You know, you can send certain emails that look very spammy. Right. Um, and it, but it's a legitimate picture or a le- legitimate email. So uh, that's something to mention to everybody out there. And I've explained this to many users is, you know, be careful when you're sending that kind of stuff. 
because, uh, you know, you want to keep in mind how you word it because if it looks like spam, you know, hey, check out this ad, then, you know, it might get caught up in a spam filter. Yeah, I routinely use my inbox as a, uh, a note-taking system. If I see something of interest, I will send myself an email to remind me to take action on it so that the next day when I get to my desk and read my email, I'll see that. So you get an email coming from me to me, which is a spammer trick right there. And then right. there's a link to something that says, check this out, Mark. And, and so, yeah, yeah I, I totally understand when my own mail gets spammed like that because, yeah, it looks like cheap Viagra. I might as well have said big boobs here. Uh, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, speaking of big boobs, I'd, I'd like to also mention that uh, please, go right ahead. October is Breast Cancer Awareness <laughs> Month. And we here at Elemanopi are firmly on record as saying we like boobs. If you have yes. a pair of boobs, go have them checked. If you love a pair of boobs, encourage them to go have them checked. Yes. We're not wearing pink, <laughs> but I just wanted to get that out there. Yeah, how about that uh, as an aside there, too, uh, the <laughs> NFL and all their pink garb. Yeah. Yeah. See, I don't understand. Okay. I just did it, right? I just said uh, we breast cancer awareness. But really, how is a guy wiping his face with a pink towel going to raise awareness to breast cancer? I, I don't get it. Well, and what kills me, because again, just like you said, you know, we, we support that cause, but you could support a, a million different causes, right? But it's the NFL. Why are we not, why is the NFL not wearing like yellow and supporting like, you know, testicular or, right. or, or uh, what's the other one? Uh, prostate cancer, you know, something like that. I mean, this is, this is a guy's game, right? <laughs> yeah, but every guy out there on the field is a mama's boy at heart. So, yeah, but you know, I think it's all, I, I think that one's just all marketing. That's marketing, that right? They're trying is. to pull. And if you really, if you notice the NFL has been doing that the last few years, they're, they're selling, they're, they're pushing more like women's apparel and now it's the breast cancer awareness thing. I think they're just trying to, you know, there's that whole untapped market, right? They're like, Hey, let's pull these women into the game. And, uh, you know, if that's the case, I mean, that's fine, whatever, you know. And to bring this back to the show topic in some way, Facebook memes, all right? <laughs> a woman saying, I like it on the couch, does not bring awareness to breast cancer in any way, all right? These stupid Facebook memes where somebody's, and, and nobody, no, Facebook is never going to be charged, all right? And if they do charge, setting a, uh, a status for an hour is not going to prevent them from charging it, you. Stop right. it. Stop it, people. <laughs> Have some common sense. Stop sending me emails with the first line of which is, well, it couldn't hurt. And then right. it says that, you know, for every person who forwards this, Bill Gates's great-grandfather will come back from the dead and give you a million dollars. Stop it. <laughs> yeah, that, that does. That just amazes me. People will do that stuff. And, and just like you said, well, you know, it couldn't hurt. I mean, it might happen. Yeah, you just wasted, like, even if it's just two seconds of my time, you wasted two seconds of my time. Thank you. How about hosts who forget to turn on the live stream after they've tweeted and broadcasted that they're going to do that? That's that's an <laughs> annoying thing. So I'm doing that now. <laughs> okay, well, we're only 20 minutes in. That's fine. <laughs> I thought you were skipping ahead because this there is one there uh, that just hit me. Well, it was just uh, Saturday when I was setting up Gracie's phone. Go ahead. Captures. Captures. And you you said it just right, right? Because in the notes, Mark says, "I'm looking at you, Google," and that is exactly what I was faced with. 
So I'm trying to set up Google, uh, Gracie's account information. And of course, you put in all of this information. And then at the very bottom is that CAPTCHA, right? And the first one, I couldn't even read. I mean, there was not a chance that I was going to get it. Now, the problem is, is they had no like recapture button, right? right? Where you could like request another one. So I just had to type some gibberish in there and know that I was going to get it wrong that time. And then, of course, there's always when you do that, you've got to go back up. And I think it's the password. And I gave it a very complicated password. So, uh, yeah, I think it took five, maybe six tries before I was able to actually create the account because of uh, Google's CAPTCHA. Right. And the idea is prove you're a human. I did prove I'm a human. I can't read it. Right. It would take a machine right. to read this thing. Right. <laughs> and while we're on the subject of passwords, let's let's talk about password requirements that they don't tell you about until after you enter it. So oh, you, you enter yeah. your password, you hit enter, it says, your password's too short. Oh, well, how long does it have to be? It didn't tell me that. So I add a couple of your password's too short. So then I, I play whack-a-mole until I finally get the right number of characters in it. And then it says, your your password must contain at least one uppercase letter. So I go back and do one uppercase and hit her, your password must contain at least one special character. Ah! Why didn't you tell me this at the very beginning? Your password must be 8 to 12 characters long, have one lowercase, one uppercase, and one special character. How hard would that be to do? Yes, I agree. <laughs> yeah, I've, it's funny because it seems like we see that more now. That used to be fairly standard, I thought. You would go and you'd have to set up a password or something, and it was like almost standard. They would tell you exactly what you needed to put in there. And for whatever reason, we've gotten away from that now. Right. I so. want to know, or, or if you don't tell me what it is, I'm going to assume I can put in Bob, and that'll be fine. Right, so if you don't tell me anything, you have to expect me to take the lowest common denominator. Not right. everybody uses LastPass like we do and has it set to generate a 15-character password. Now, let's talk about banks and, and security-tight uh, institutions that won't let you do anything longer than like a six-character password. That's equally stupid. Yeah, well, uh, I'm looking at you there, Bank of America, because <laughs> <laughs> my, uh, you know, I have... Uh, sort of variations of the same password, I guess I should say. And uh, they're, you know, they're kind of fall into the password haystacks thing that Steve Gibson says. And so they're, they're long, they're, they're very long, but they're still easy for me to remember, but they do incorporate capitals and special characters and numbers and things like that. And uh, I bank with Bank of America and I cannot use any of my variations of passwords because they won't let you use special characters. Oh, that's ridiculous. Yeah, and I'm thinking, are you serious? You're like the largest bank in the world. <laughs> you can't use special characters. I mean, surely they've got some pretty sharp security people around there, you would think, that would you know see that as a problem, but apparently not. Well, my bank, a much smaller bank, requires that you have one uppercase, one lowercase, one special, but it can't be more than six characters long. Oh, wow. That's horrible. Yeah. It has to be a minimum of four, but no more than six. So some some <laughs> web coder, wow. yeah, some web really coder in there went, the um, six, and just arbitrarily said this data field will be six characters long. And what do they say? Twelve is sort of the minimum that it should be. Longer is better. No, no. Six. That's the most I can have. So that's why I'm not mentioning who my bank is, because hackers out there will go, oh, well, there's an easy target. Yeah, sure, especially if it has to be between four and six. I mean, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you're really making it easy for them. So, okay, wow. 
Next thing on my list, landing pages. If I pull up www.myhappyducky.com and I have to click <laughs> another link to get to myhappyducky.com, there's a problem with that website, okay? <laughs> landing pages were were the rage in 1996. Get rid of them now. We don't need them anymore. Yeah, now we're we're in the age of Give me what I want as quickly as possible and don't put anything in my way. Web designers, I'm going to make it really simple for you. If you have a button anywhere on your first page that says skip this page, you don't need that page. Because right. you'll go to the thing and there'll be this really elaborate flash video and then down at the bottom a skip button. Yeah, if you need a skip button, you don't need that page. Right. That annoys right. me. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, okay, I get it. Uh, I've been there, right? Mark, you've been there too. When when you first really started being able to do that kind of stuff, it was fun and cool and you wanted to do it, right? But now, okay, if you want the cool flash video, hey, here's all about my cute ducky.com or whatever it was you said. I bet if I if I search that, that will actually be there. Let's see. I'm my sure it will. happyducky.com. Let's see what comes up. Nope, it's not there. I'm going to go okay. register myhappyducky.com right now. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you can still, web designers, if you want to have something like that, then have it, but have it more like a, a menu item where it says, click here to watch our promotional video. <laughs> yeah, that's the better way to do it. Exactly. Right. Here's the information you wanted. If you want some fluff, you can click here. Right. I like that. <laughs> And then we had a. I put this out on on the Twitters and and the Google Pluses, and I got a couple of listener responses. John says the thing that he hates most are the ads on our live stream. All right, I can't argue with you, John. I hate them too, but uh, Ustream's got to pay their money. Ads are. I don't. I don't get bent out of shape about ads. Right? It's the third party payer system. Uh, television does it. Somebody provides the money for some to somebody else so that a third party can have it. Right? So we don't pay NBC for friends yeah go back to the 90s there mark uh, <laughs> i don't watch tv we don't pay cbs for big bang theory uh instead um Nuprin pays cbs for an ad so that we can watch big bang theory i i, I you know i'm okay with that ads make the world go round so i don't really yeah. get bent out of shape about them but do them right you know I right. when i go to a page and like this flash banner zooms out from the left side and covers the whole thing and there's a click me to close button and when I click over it the button moves and I have to chase it around and I'm playing you know boxing with the ad or something nobody is going to buy if you disrespect them in that manner yeah and I do have to say about our stream because when we first started with Ustream you had to endure an ad like right at the beginning but now I, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's like every 10 minutes or 15 minutes or something. But as you're listening to the show, it will just cut in with another 20 or 30 second ad as the show's going. So you actually you're are missing, missing out on something. Right. And uh, I, I hate that they started doing that. But like you said, Mark, I mean, we're not paying for anything. So if you uh, if you want to get rid of those ads, then uh, just start shucking some money our way. <laughs> we could pay for the premium Ustream yeah. service. It's only a thousand bucks a month, people. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> if everybody listening to this show sent me a thousand dollars right now, you'd never see any more ads. 
Yeah, I, I like that idea. <laughs> In fact, we may never do any more podcasts if they all sent me a thousand dollars right now. We're yeah, the next week's show. We're live from the Bahamas, our private Taiwan <laughs> Tech Island. <laughs> so yeah, ads are the are a necessary evil, but I really think people. I think television has gotten the ad just about right. It only took them sixty years, but they 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 finally have the ad right, particularly like Super Bowl ads. They're they're clever. They're entertaining. You know, people people watch like the Super Bowl just for the ads, um, and so they finally figured out how to do ads. Except for shows, there, there are some commercials like, for example, I can really tell you everything about the commercial, and it was really funny, and I laughed at it, but I don't remember what it was selling. Um, right. So maybe they've missed the boat there. But for the most part, I think um, web advertisers need to take a hint from television advertisers and figure that out. Like in the case of Ustream, the ads that come on are like five times louder than the content we're pushing out. Oh, that's horrible, yeah. Well, they do that in TV sometimes, too, and you especially see it uh, on the uh, not uh, major networks, I guess right. I should say. You know, like, uh, what what is Ted Turner's uh, network? TNT uh, or TV, TNT. Yes. Yeah. yeah, you go to one of those, and you're watching your, your show, and it's nice and quiet, and then, you know, the ads come on, the commercials come on, and the, the speakers blow out of your TV. <laughs> it's just horrible. Do you want to make more money? Um, <laughs> right. But... You know, I, I, I sort of actually get that because that's when you got up and went to the kitchen to refresh your beverage and they want to make sure you can hear it from there. Yeah. But in the case of an online thing where you're sitting 18 inches away from your laptop, that's just going to make people turn it off and you won't show any more ads to them. Yeah. Or if you happen to be a sound engineer for a uh, sports podcast and you're just listening in to make sure everything's going okay. And, uh, yeah, then that Ustream ad pops in, and, yeah, your ears start bleeding. Yeah. Now, so let me say this. We don't have any ads on the show, but our goal is to someday sell ads on the show. However, I encourage you to go out right now and install an ad blocker on your browser because you don't ever get those on Ustream if you have an ad blocker on your browser. So, yeah, now what happen, What happens there, Mark? Do you just get dead space, or does it just no, it, not pop in at all? It tries to pop in. It lasts maybe half a second. The ad blocker closes it, and you go back to the show. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, I know that's something you've had installed on yours forever, and it's one of those things I've just never gotten around to doing. Oh, but. that is standard. When I set up a machine, when I install Firefox or Chrome, the first thing I do is put uh, an ad blocker on it, literally before I do anything else. Is there any one in particular that you use? Adblock Plus is the one I like. It's it's the one everybody likes. It's the best one. But it has a database of, of sites that gets automated, automatically updated. So uh, I really literally installed it and forgot about it. Nice. Nice. And I don't okay. see ads. I don't When I go to Facebook, I don't see ads on Facebook. And I hear people complaining about them. And I honestly have never seen an ad on Facebook on one of my computers. When I sit down at my wife's computer, on the other hand, I see the ads. And I'm like, oh, okay, these really are annoying. So, you know, though, uh, that's one. Can you like selectively like opt out on certain sites? Yes, you can. Okay, because I got to I got to give Facebook kind of props there in that their ads are very well targeted. Um, that's because they know, know everything about you. Well, sure. They know but, you know, you need a change of underwear. So they're going to sell you an ad for underwear. Yeah. Well, I, and that's that's actually good when it's done right. It's okay. It's the same thing with Google. Google knows you well enough to to do that as well. And they usually serve you up, uh, you know, 
at least ads that are, you know, up your alley, so to speak. Um, and I've noticed that Facebook's very good at it too. And yeah, 99% of the time, I'm still not going to click on one, but you know, uh, it's kind of like, uh, I, I can't remember. We talked about an example where if I shoot you an email and say, I'm sick today, then all of a sudden I get an ad for NyQuil. NyQuil. Right. Right. So, uh, I'm okay with that. You know, it's kind of eerie. It's kind of stalkery a little bit, but, uh, I'm okay with that. I forget who it was, but there was a, a, a comedian that had a great line about NyQuil. It's like the, in the commercials, you always see them taking it in, in bed because that's as far as you get. If you take right. that thing in the bathroom, it'll be the nighttime sniffling, sneezing, ni- uh, coughing, aching, how the heck did I get my kitchen floor medicine? <laughs> <laughs> well, it is like 30% alcohol. Right, and the rest Benadryl or something. Right. <laughs> uh, the next listener thing that, that we had uh, was uh, from one of my Facebook friends. I'm not going to say her name because she didn't say I could. Internet Explorer. Need we say more? Honestly. Uh, yeah. ne- next one. <laughs> <laughs> I got to give props to Microsoft, something I don't do often enough, but IE9 has come a long way. It is now almost as good as the first version of Firefox was. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, it's certainly, it doesn't suck as bad as the previous <laughs> versions. <laughs> but, you know, it's okay. We can we can talk like that. If we had a completely different audience, though, they'd be like, what are you guys talking yeah, about? Is there what, a fire what? Yeah. <laughs> right, right. And Internet Explorer, Internet Explorer is the Internet. That's right, that is the Internet, right. Right, right. How many so, times do you get that at work, Sean? I get it all the time. It's like, uh, do I click the Internet to get that? Well, I don't know. If you want to go out and click a uh, data cable, I guess you can. Um, but, <laughs> but that's what that is to them, the blue E. That is the Internet. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Microsoft uh, did a great job of establishing that early on and getting that really planted into people's minds. And yeah, I've even had where people say the Internet's not working. I can't get on the Internet. And it's because IE is not working. Right. And even though we provide them with two other browsers, standard Firefox and Chrome, uh, it doesn't even occur to them to use those. Or a corollary Uh, to that is your homepage isn't working for whatever reason, and they never bothered to try another page. Homepage didn't come up. Internet must be down. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, and that's the beauty. That's how we watch our homepage, right? Because we've got hundreds and hundreds of users that when they open a browser, the very first page they're going to get is our homepage. And so if there's a problem with our homepage, we're going to find out about it because the Internet is broken. Internet's down, right. Right. I love that. I get the call. Is the Internet down? Yes, the entire global internet has collapsed, and you didn't hear about it until you called me. Yeah, but thanks for letting us know. Appreciate it. Now we can get to work on that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, enough user bashing. I don't actually say that to them, by the way. I just think it. Actually, there are a couple of them that I've developed a relationship over the years with. Well, who I will say that with. You know, they'll call me up. Is the internet down? Yes. Yes, the whole internet is down. Yeah, and then they... Yeah, and they, they say, don't get it. Bite me. Because <laughs> <laughs> they know. They know you're being sarcastic. Yeah. Well, Kevin, yeah, would, would say that, definitely. He, he yeah. would follow that up with, bite me, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so another of my uh, uh, friends on Google Plus, his name's Ari, uh, said he wants to get rid of the whole authentication thing altogether, usernames and passwords, and find some other way to authenticate. I agree with you. That's a great idea. And when you elect me king of the Internet, I'll get right on that. But wouldn't it be great if there were some biometric or someone? I really think that a generation from now, our grandkids are going to think it was quaint that we had passwords 
and usernames. There will be some DNA sensitive thing that when we walk near a terminal, it'll it'll see that we're there and go ahead and load all our stuff for us. But right now, I really think that even with you know Blowfish two fifty six encryption that whole bit, we're really in the stone age of of authentication. I think. Yeah, but Mark, you know, like you were talking about though, with that that authentication, then um, that will be that will mean we'll be living in hell. The devil will be reigning on earth, right? The Christian fundamentalist, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Some the sort of, of biometric thing, right? Yeah, that'll be the number of the beast, and we'll, the, the end of the world will be nigh. So, <laughs> wow. And, and we joke about that, but that literally is the reason why a lot of this stuff gets stopped. That's true. Yeah, the fundamentalists think that, you know, uh, what, what I, UPC codes, because the the separator bars that they use to separate segments on the UPC code happen to be the number six. And there's three of them in the average UPC code. Therefore, UPC codes are the mark of the beast. I, I read a long, lengthy article about that uh, uh, years ago. Yeah. So, yeah, and that that's literally, uh, I'm sure, holding us back to some degree, and it probably will. It, it's just like uh, what we now have the ability to, we could implant an RFID with all of your wallet information and everything else, just a little rice-sized thing up underneath your skin, you know, uh, but uh, that will never happen. And, you know, we're we're both Christians, right? So yeah. we're, we're not like that over the board, right? Well, you know, my issue with that is, it, well, and, you know, we can actually tie this back to tech, is Google Wallet, Just Google just released, released Google Wallet. I have the only phone in the country, the, the Nexus S, that works with it. It's a near-field communication. Are you, are you familiar with that? You're scratching your head like like you don't know. No, no, I know what you're uh, talking about. I've, I've so, been hearing that yeah. in the news here so recently. You, you, yeah, like three cities and one phone. Right. Like uh, <laughs> but it's a good idea, except I don't know that I trust anyone that much. Right? I still like the fact that I have to pull my wallet out of my pocket and hand somebody my credit card before they get information from me. This near-field communication stuff, if I happen to lean on the wrong door and buy a Porsche, you know, I don't think that's a good thing. <laughs> well, until it shows up in your driveway. <laughs> yeah, and then the bill collectors show up the next day and take me away in my <laughs> shiny new Porsche. But I think at some point we're going to solve these issues, and mostly they're human more than technical. Um, like... Uh, big news story just this week, uh, just broke yesterday, uh, and I didn't put it in the in the in the news because there's still not a lot of information about it. But HTC, the single largest manufacturer of Android phones, had uh, in their HTC Sense UI had some debug stuff turned on that could divulge like all your information, all your emails, all your text messages, everything, with no user notification or input if somebody knew how to send the right message to the phone. Not only that, but there was a VNC um, server installed. They could actually see your screen. Oh, wow. Now, see, that's a big technical glitch, right? And I can see for maybe debug purposes why they might have that. They're researching it and having the, the VNC remote, that would be a good idea. But they left it on, and they put it on millions of phones and didn't tell anybody. And then somebody found it and said, um, HTC, did you know about this? And HTC didn't respond. So after oh, so wow. long of not responding, this group went public with it. But if they hadn't done that, I mean, who knows how much of that information has gotten out? Probably none because it's a very esoteric sort of attack. But it's been possible for all this time 
And that's the problem with, with technology. It's not so much about getting it secure. It's about getting some moron to remember to turn off that function when they ship the phone. Right. <laughs> they always build in a backdoor. <laughs> yes. <laughs> One day, Linus Torvalds is going to flip the switch and all Linux desktops will belong to him. And he's right. going to say, you laughed at me when I was in college, but now. <laughs> All right. Anything else, brother? Yeah, I'm done ranting. My throat's sore. <laughs> this has been fun. I don't know if it's been useful in any way at all, but it's been fun. Yeah, maybe we should have we should have called this one uh, the Tightwad Tech Therapy Session One. <laughs> <laughs> if anybody's still listening after this far, you've, you're to be commended. That or you're really really bored. I don't know which. So, uh, yeah. with if there's nothing more that you'd like to moan about, Sean, I'll move on to our tips of the week. Sounds good. Let's move on. Uh, and this one is an interesting thing that I found online, and I mentioned torrents earlier. Uh, and there are a lot of people in the world who don't know what a torrent is. Probably most of the people in the world don't know what a torrent is. So how do you get those people to use a torrent if they have, you know, if there's file that you want to send them or, uh, you know, a Linux distribution or something like that? The clever people at torrent2, the number two, exe.com, have come up with a, a, a simple way to do that. It's, a, it's an exe builder, their website. You go there, you put the URL of the torrent file you want them to download, and then click a button, and it spits out an executable file. That executable file you then send to your grandma or whatever. She clicks on that, and the torrent starts downloading without any idea of what a torrent is. It's got a built-in little torrent client in there, and it does it all for you absolutely free. Well, it's it's in beta, and it's free right now. Uh, so, But it's, it's pretty cool. Torrent2.exe, uh, for it's an, a way to make torrenting accessible to the layman. Very nice. Very nice. Like it. All right. I'll uh, jump in with the teacher tip of the week. And this is going to fall in line with, I think it was the last like three tips uh, that I've put out uh, over the past few weeks, uh, which is another teacher resource site. <laughs> oh, wait, wait, wait. Something in the, sorry to interrupt you, but. Oh, no, this, that's okay. Go ahead. Th- this languished in the chat room for five minutes because I didn't notice it. Uh, Oki Jason says, how about users, users saying they need to download the internet? That's a good one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah, I like that one. <laughs> okay, uh, go ahead. Okay, so uh, teacher tip of the week this week is mhschool.com. And what MH stands for is McGraw-Hill. So uh, this this site is brought to you by another textbook publisher. And uh, it's very similar to the ones I've mentioned over the previous weeks. You can go in and you can actually select your uh, your study area, so social studies, language arts, math, science, so on and so forth. And uh, you'll be taken to a list of resources that McGraw-Hill put together for you. Uh, so different uh, teacher lesson plans and things like that and uh, resources to go along with uh, with those lesson plans, you know, handouts and things like that. So uh, very, uh, very straightforward. It's uh, K through adult. So they actually have some uh, higher level stuff on there as well. So uh, I won't go into much more detail than that, but mhschool.com, check it out. And then lastly, I have breaking news. Well, it's not entirely breaking because I mentioned it on the Everyday Linux podcast, but since we have like something like an order of magnitude more listeners to this show, it'll be pretty much breaking news. We have a new contact, a new phone number for the Element OP Productions uh, network. 
I love this one. You texted you texted this to me the other day, and I thought, ah, oh, that's perfect. Now, the previous one had been 530 Frugal 2, and that's still there, and that's for this show, Tightwad Tech, right? Frugal, Tightwad. But as we've expanded out and, and done other shows and had more uh, offerings, the Frugal number didn't really seem to be appropriate for everybody. So I went and did some researching, and I set up a new Google Voice. The number is 559 I am Opie. I love that. Uh, <laughs> yes. And I even went out and I registered IamOpie.com. And I think we're going to do something, uh, some sort of marketing with that. Like people w- wear like uh, name tags or something that say I am Opie. And then when they ask about it, what does that mean, you know, you can send them to, to uh, the Tightwad Tech. Uh, put that in your signature line. Like, like uh, anybody who can tell me that they put that in their signature line for a week, I'll give them a free T-shirt or something. It'll be a fun way to do that. I think it could be viral if we do it right. Yeah, right. I love it. And like you said, there are a few shows that, uh, like the the football show and things like that, that, you know, Frugal 2 just didn't make any sense. So uh, I'll actually start putting that into their show notes so that they can start using that. So if you are... um, a part of our listeners, you too are Opie. So you can honestly say, I am Opie. <laughs> That's it. Love, the fi- love it. Love it. <laughs> so join us at uh, elementopie.com. Click hop in the forums there and tell us what your pet peeve is. If you were king of the internet, what would you change? And maybe we'll uh, read those on a future show and, and see what we left out. You can also uh, find us on Twitter, elementopie.com slash, uh, excuse me, twitter.com slash elementopie. Find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash elementopie. But really, the, the, the homepage, the, the home base, the mothership of all things elementopie is the website elementopie.com. And we look forward to seeing you. Give us a call on our new number, 559, which uh, I think is a Southern California number. Okay. But, uh, who pays long distance anymore? We all have cell phones and Skype and Google Voice. Right. And nobody pays long distance. And since California, I think, has 10% of the U.S. population anyway, that's probably a pretty good place for the number to come from. Sure. So 559-I-AM-OP. Give us a call. All right. Sounds sounds great. I love it. I <laughs> Oh, this is this has been fun. I do want to mention we uh, we actually have a guest next week. Oh, do we? I, I didn't know this. This is news to me. Yeah, yeah. I, I can't remember what his name is or what he's going to talk about. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I do have him lined up and confirmed. And uh, yeah, I, if I went back through my email, I would find it. But uh, I just thought I'd interject that. So. so clearly it's somebody very near and dear to your heart. <laughs> Hopefully he doesn't listen to this episode. <laughs> oh, yeah. So anyway, great show. <laughs> And on that note, this is Mark signing off. And Sean signing off.